Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Man, I, I just love God. I, I love God for, uh, like I said, that last part where I just said, give Jesus a shout because you know what? Like, he saved you, he healed you, he restored you. And I'm only here to share testimony and to, to confirm some things that you guys uh, have either walked through or lived in. So, uh, but first and foremost, I, I want to honor Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. I know that they're up skiing. I've seen a breakthrough story with Pastor Leanne skiing for the first time when she said she wouldn't. Uh, I love that. I, I love that our pastors will go after something they fear and they'll go after it. I, I, actually, let me take two steps back. They don't fear anything. There's something they're hesitant towards, but they run full speed at it. So I honor our pastors today, and you guys should too today. Uh, Pastor Jake and Joy, love you guys. Friends from the beginning, man. It's like, it's funny to, to sit here and worship with you now when the high school was like, we were kind of weird and, you know, we, we weren't the best of friends, but you guys stuck by our side and believed for that little miracle child with us. And um, share a quick story on that. Our first, uh, what we call Pathways, which is our DNA course, we sat there and I remember Pastor Joy brought a little brown, I think it was a brown baggie, and she sat it next to us and it was a bag full of pregnancy tests. And that spoke so much to us because what that said is they believed in us and they were expectant for a positive test. So thank you guys for that. Um, if you're a volunteer in this place, uh, I, I just want to honor you guys. This, the, everything from production to these bright lights that I can't see. Is that Kyle Bowman up there? Dude, okay, I see it. Um, if you're a volunteer in the house, I, I love you guys. I, uh, but the ones who have my heart at Kids Church. If you're a Kids Church volunteer, please stand up real quick. Kids Church, part of the kids team. All right. Sweet. Take a seat. If you guys want to be part of Kids Church, come see me after. All right. My beautiful wife uh, and my family, it's cool to see my daughter sitting in my seat, and then my little son that looks just like me, he was like this the whole time. He's got the little eyebrows, so. What's up, dude? I see you. All right. So here we go. We're in a new series about family, marriage, and relationships. Oh, Okay. Relationomics. It was cool. I got a text three weeks ago about that's, the, that's a series. And uh, this message is going to be family focused. But the message isn't focused on the structure of a family. It's just more of the cycles we go through as a family. Um, natural, I guess you would say your natural family, your flesh and blood, and then the church family. So that's kind of where I'm, I'm leading this. This message came to me back in 2020. And it's kind of weird to say this because 2020 was a funky year. And as I was cleaning windows, it was actually close to home. I was on this steep slope canyon and I was cleaning with a huge two-story pole. And I remember I was listening to a worship album uh, by Sean Foyt. And he says something in there. It was a verse that said, or a, a, a lyric that said, let us praise. And right there, the spirit of the Lord came on me. And I remember I, I fell into a vision and God spoke to me and he says, when you get asked to preach a message on family, marriage, and relationships, he said, I want you to preach this message. And he gave me the three points. He gave me the scripture. He gave me the, the biblical context. He, he gave me the stories to share. And so I pulled out my Apple Watch and I audio recorded what I felt the Lord was saying to me. Four and a half minutes later, I have this whole message sitting in my back pocket. That seed is sat in my pocket for four years or three and a half years is what it does. 
And so it's crazy, and I, I, I think I only want to share that because there's things God put on your heart years ago that are going to come alive now. There's, there's things that you have tucked in your pocket and thought you would never use them again, but you're going to use them. So that's where this message came from. But first, let me pray. So Father, I thank you for the families in this, in this room. Everybody under the sound of my voice. God, that you would bless their family, that you would bless their children's children. God, that you would bring reconciliation to families that are broken and shattered. And God, that you would bring those who are far off in families, the prodigals, back into the house of God. Lord, I thank you right now that you are calling every single one of us to preach the gospel to all creation. Lord, move in this message. Use me in whatever way you want. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So uh, my message today, I, again, it's been sitting in an audio file for me, but putting it into a message is a little tricky sometimes because I like to just swipe. And I also have a lot of notes that have colors and pages and thoughts that I kind of put together. And so I am going to go back and forth. If I pause for a second, great. Know that God's leading us down that, that little road. So, um, you know, see, I... I I believe in, hold on, I got a couple of prophetic words. I was driving on the 94 today, and I, I seen a picture of the Turners. Um, Kayla is up there. Will's right there. Hey, bro. All right, God, God had showed me uh, you guys, and I seen uh, a battery pack. And I, and I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying that he's changing out your guys' battery pack, your batteries, um, because there's something in the way. I, have, I don't know a lot of techie stuff. But I've left a lot of stuff that had batteries under a cabinet, and I've seen that corrosion, the acid that builds up. But that's not what's keeping the power into your guys' marriage and for you guys. It, it's more or less, you know that little ribbon that you would pull, the batteries would pop out? I feel like something, a word spoken over you guys, have, have blocked the power. And God is resetting that, and he's giving you a new set of batteries. cool thing about God's batteries is they don't run out. Like, they're just rechargeable. And so I, I, I prophesy... Uh, 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 new, fresh energy and power in your marriage, in your ministry, and, uh, and what you guys are doing socially. I don't know what it is, just friendships. If it's people outside of the church, I, I just see the Lord, your hand specifically on the Turners right now. So uh, I love it. I love it. Somebody else, <clears throat> somebody else in this room, I, um, I, have to, I have to say this. I have to be obedient. There's somebody in here with a blanket over their voice, and that doesn't make sense to you guys, but somebody in here has a voice a very beautiful voice, a very powerful voice that they just threw a blanket over and they're not using it for the kingdom. And if that's you, like, I just want to say you're publicly being called out to use that voice, go see the Van Tassels um, and, and step into God's kingdom. And it's funny, is that you? All right, bro, go, go talk to them. But I, I want to share, I, want, I share that because in kids church, we try to recruit a lot of people to come in and serve God's children and it's funny, I, I, I have gotten a lot of people that said, ah, I don't want to do that because I do that in my job, or I do that, I, I run a daycare center, I don't want to do it for the church. And, and the God says to me, he's like, oh, it's interesting that they'll do it for the world, but for the kingdom, we're, we're a little bit hesitant. And so I'm like, ah, oh, man. So I, I say that because we have to understand what season we're in. We have to understand what kingdom we want to be in. And being wishy-washy on one side or the other, it's really hard. 
And it's hard when you have a family this size. That's, hopefully we don't let you be wishy-washy. The family of God is supposed to call you out into greatness. They're supposed to walk out your anointing. And so there's seasons and cycles. And before we're saved and we have salvation, we're of this world. Anybody agree with that? Like, I don't care if you grew up in the church. Maybe you came because your parents brought you along. But it, until it was your faith, you were of the world. Right? You, we, we act like the world. We smell like the world. We eat like the world. And if we're, not, if we're not careful, we can be saved in this house and still be of this world. Do you guys remember the early 90s, the not of this world, like clothing line? I wasn't a Christian back then, so I, don't, I, I, I seen it, and it was pretty cool. I didn't know what it was. But Jesus says, I'm not of this world. And it makes me think, like, if I'm seated in Christ, I need to be not of this world. So how many times do we look like the world, smell like the world, taste like the world? But what's cool is everything that God does and institutes, the enemy tries to duplicate and imitate. So do you guys remember when Moses went in to free his people when he says, uh, I'm going to give you these signs. God tells Moses, I'm going to give you these signs. He puts his hands in and it's because the Michael Jackson thing. And he throws his staff down and it turns into a snake. Well, what did Pharaoh do? He duplicated that. He imitated that. And that tells me the demonic realm has very much, like it has a lot of power. But it doesn't have salvation power. Doesn't have life-giving power, but it has power enough to duplicate and imitate what God wants for your life. So, in the context of family, God has the same language. God's the illustrator and the designer of family. And when it comes to our family, we talk brother, sister, mother, father, right? When I first came to this church, my very first connect group leader, Willie Melendez. He was Puerto Rican, and him and his family, they would talk like, oh, brother so-and-so in the church and sister so-and-so in the church. And I'm like, hold on, brother, like, this is weird language for me. Like, so I started saying brother, 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 and then my brother over here, my brother over there. There's the same type of language, and that same language, to be honest with you, is in the world. The devil just duplicates it and imitates it. So you're my bro. We'll go shoot somebody together. We'll go do some drugs together. My bro, he's got my back. But in the kingdom, it's different. So let's just, not, let's just make sure we're not getting mixed up with whether we're talking of the world or talking of kingdom. You see, Jesus is the very first person that, that started this revolution of our Father who are in heaven. Father, forgive them. Nobody ever heard that. All the prophets never talked like that. All of Israel never talked, my Father, my Father. But Jesus is sitting here as a son saying, my Father. That's family. So that's why in the church we have... This is a brotherhood. Emerge, we're a brotherhood. I don't care what Emerge team you're on. I do care, but I don't care. <laughs> right? I care that every man gets to Emerge Conference. I care that every man decides one day to put his shoes on and get up and go to men's prayer. That's a lifestyle of an Emerge man. Right? I have the same thing for women, but I don't think women that way. My wife does. Um, you see, we can... What I love about our church is we do a great job of identity. See, when we get to this church, we're like, man, what's different about this church? There's power. There's authority. Like, I hear people declaring cancer gone and cancer flees. This is true. You know what it comes out of? Is it comes out of our heart to, to teach all of you guys that you are sons and daughters of the Most High. You see, you'll never hear a worship song up, about, up here on our team. Tell me if I'm wrong, Van Tassels, but I'll never hear a song that is woe me, lamenting, 
Like there is a time and a season, Ecclesiastes say, there is a time and a season for everything. But what you will not hear from this stage is woe is me. You will hear, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but I will fear no evil. I'm coming through it and I'm victorious. So it's funny. Um, I heard God, God is a family God. He, he's a generational God. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He wasn't just the God of Abraham. And if you understand that, your prayers will change. My question is, are you praying for your family members, your children, your children's children? Because that's God's heart. That's his, his thing. You see, when God said, um, in John three sixteen, everybody should know this verse, but if you don't, there's a part where it says, whosoever. Whosoever believes, God's heart is that everybody would believe. It's that everybody would step into this family. Everybody would step in. And it's not just a, like an awakened thing. It's the kingdom of God. He wants everybody to step into the kingdom. And I say that because I was, I was struggling with this, this thought. And it was a, I don't say it was a dark thought. It was a heavy thought. It was of God. And he was helping me discern some of this. And he said, some of us have been fighting our families and not understanding we should be fighting the demonic forces that are using our families. You see, somebody in here can have a problem with their brother, their sister, their mother, their father, their uncle, however you want to say in your family. And that is foolishness because the Bible says we don't wrestle between flesh and blood, but rulers and principalities. So when I see my brother, we need to make sure that he's not the problem. You know why? Because God loves those people that don't agree with you. God loves those people who voted different than you. God loves those people that, that, that are being used by the demonic. He loves them so much that he gave his son that they would be saved. Right? Let's just not be a selfish family where we're like, I got salvation. I'm good. But there's people that are lost because it's God's heart. So um, there's, we need to understand the, the, the cycles that we're living in and the seasons we're living in. The title of my message tonight is A Full Circle Family. I just want to go there. Full circle family. In Genesis 8, God says this, and this is in the beginning, so if all you guys open up your Bible in the beginning, we should have read this part at least. Hopefully we got to chapter 8. But if not, we're getting to it tonight. It says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. What does that mean? That means we have seasons that will never go away. This is post-flood. This is right after the flood. God's saying, like, he's not going to do that stuff. But what, what will remain is seasons. He's talking about these seasons. And I, I was sharing this prophetic word with Evan, my brother Evan. I'll be holy here. My brother Evan at men's prayer. And he was talking about a friend who went to the Coronado preview. And he ended up walking out because he's like, it's just not my thing. It's not whatever the case. And I had talked to Evan, and I said, hey, listen, brother, like, we have to understand that he probably never heard the gospel before. So sowing the seed is a good thing. You sowed seed. This dude's going to come back. He, he's stationed on Coronado. He's going to hear about Awaken when we take a building and we go there. Like, he's going to hear about Coronado, and he's going to come back, and he's going to be saved. But you sowed seeds. And then immediately the Spirit of the Lord came on me, and he said, you have to use discernment when to preach the gospel, whether you preach the gospel in seed form or water form. And I'm like, what the heck, God? You're making me like, this is weird. But I shared it with him, and then I walked away. And we, we kind of talked about it. And then it brought me to 1 Corinthians 3, 6, and 7. It says, I, Paul, he says, I planted, Apollos watered. 
but God gave the growth or gave the increase. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but God who gives the growth. It's God who gives the growth. You see, when we preach the gospel to our family, there's some that have never heard the gospel. In that, we just need to understand we're sowing seed. We can't expect, I have never tried to plant a seed. I'm not a farmer, but I've never planted a seed, walked away, did a 360 and said, where's my fruit? (laughs) Never happened. That, That just does not happen. I sow seed and I leave it, but I watch it. I make sure the raccoons don't get in it. I make sure my dogs don't get into it. I make sure that landscapers don't get into it. I sow seed and I watch it. But then there's some people that understand that they have to come back every day and water or every week and they water and they water and they water. And that's Apollo's thing here in in Corinth. Paul planted the church and then he left. And And Apollos came and he watered. So some of your guys' family members heard the gospel. Maybe they see miracles, but they just need some watering. That's what prophecy is, the spirit of prophecy. That's why when when Pastor Jake comes up in here, he prophesies, he's watering. He's watering somebody that's in the house of God. And watch, you're going to see that come to pass. You're going to see the harvest come in people's lives. You guys got that? Know when to water and know when to sow. But there's also seasons of toil. right? The, The Native Americans, when we first founded this country, what they really helped uh, I almost said the white man, but I'm going to say it, the white man. Uh, <laughs> what they really helped Americans do was when they, when they had a harvest and they gave it out, and that's what we call Thanksgiving or whatever, they taught them that, they actually cycled through plots of land and they said, in this season we're doing corn, but we're going to pluck it up and when we harvest it, we're going to actually plant corn over in this field now. And so they understood a, a whole lot about sowing seed. And Jesus preaches a whole parable on the, on the sower. And so I would, I want you guys to understand what season we're in. We've got to learn to use discernment. First, first, uh, first Samuel talks about, and I, don't, I didn't give this to the team, but uh, young shepherd boy David, he was anointed out in the field. I love this. He was anointed out in the field with the lambs as king of Israel. But he didn't step into that calling until years later because it wasn't his season. And, and somebody in this, in, in this room it's just not your season. This message was not a season in 2020 I, I could have shared or had the opportunity. But it, there's a season that you share things. A, a worldly family, going back to the worldly family, before you're, you're a Christian and you live of this world, like I said, you smell like the world, you taste like the world, you talk like the world, you curse like the world, you do all these things like the world. What does a worldly family look like? And, and I'm not, there is some great worldly families. But according to God's standard, there's no great family. There's no perfect one. But sometimes that looks like uh, stabbing in the back, um, let's say gossip, let's say my self-interest, it, it's selfish, it's not servanthood. The, the worldly family looks like that. The worldly family uh, can be predatorial. Anybody been hurt by somebody in the family? If they're, if they're sitting next to you, good job keeping your hand down. We don't want to hear about it. We've all been hurt. Because that's not kingdom mindset. And I remember when I heard that message that God had downloaded to me, he said, title it, The Family That Prays. And I remember a Tyler Perry movie, The Family That Prays, and it was about manipulation. It was about cheating. It was about all this, like, money-hungry people after money and all this stuff. And, and it was really bad, but the word praise was P-R-E-Y-S. Now that should make sense to you guys. I'm sorry I didn't say that. Not praying like this. It's praise with, a, like, a predatorial way. 
So my first point for you is don't be a family that prays. Don't be a family that prays. Is that up there? Don't be a family that prays. But let me, let me, I'm going to circle this full circle back at the end of my message. It's just not the right time to pray. It's just not the right time to pray. Because there's things in education system, there's things with friends and family, and I'm, maybe I'm speaking to, to youth over here. There's things that your friends are doing that aren't of God. Now's not the time to beat them with a the Bible. You guys need to get equipped. You guys need to get anointed. Because your season, like King David, will come around, and you guys will be able to take down those things. You guys got that? Oh, by the way, I'm preaching in middle school on Sunday, so I'm, I'm excited for that one. All right. As we begin to step into the, the, the kingdom family, we begin a lifestyle now of prayer. Again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it because this is the culture of this house. If you don't like it, you don't have to show up. But you might be missing a season. There's men's prayer, 530, every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. And when you guys show up, your life will change. I promise you. As the leaders of your home, do whatever you can to get there. I understand. Matter of fact, I shouldn't say this, but I missed this last. My daughter had a huge fever. I was dressed and I was ready. But you know what? You catch me every Tuesday at men's prayer. You catch the leaders at men's prayer. There's a reason why some people just choose not to live a lifestyle of prayer. You see, in the beginning of the church, the beginning of the church in Acts, what they did once they got saved and they heard the gospel and they, they either seen Jesus or they didn't see Jesus, but they heard the gospel, they began to come together and they, they began to, to worship and to pray and to break bread together. That sounds like connect groups to me. That's why we model that. It's the breaking of bread. It's the prayer. We do worship in there. You see, their weapon that they used was exactly that. It was prayer. It was praise. It was the breaking of bread, communion that they used. And it reminded me of scripture in 2 Corinthians 10, 4. It says that our weapons of warfare are not flesh or carnal, but they're mighty in tearing down strongholds. Like, what is your, warf- like, what is your weapon of choice? As a believer in this family, what's your weapon of choice? Mine is my prayer, my prayer life and my praise life. I'm telling you. And, and, and that's what I'm here to highlight a lot for you guys is, is what are your weapons? Are your weapons looking like the world? See, because the world, again, smells like something, tastes like something, looks like something. But the kingdom, we have different weapons. They're completely different. Completely different. So, again, Acts 2.42 I believe it's Acts 2.42. I don't know if I gave that to you guys, but it says that the church, they, devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. That's church, right? Somebody taught the word. They taught the gospel. They, they, they spread the message of grace uh, and the fellowship. So it's not just a, I'm coming to God and God give me this revelation. It's a sideways relationship between who's sitting next to you, right? And their fellowship to the breaking of bread, communion, but also feeding each other. It's also buying a meal for somebody. That's family. And it says, enter their prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. I'm telling you, there is power in prayer. Absolute power in prayer. And I remember, I I don't know if Rex said this at conference, or I think Rex did say this. He said, every time you, you petition God and you ask for something in prayer, you're at a very fine crossroad. I'm, I'm kind of interpreting what he was saying. He said, you're at a very fine crossroad. 
you're either going to build faith or you're going to lose faith. There's no gray. There's no like, if God answers your prayer, you're going to be in faith. Like, wow, I've seen cancer healed. I've seen so-and-so come back to life. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen, and you're going to be like, wow, that's what the awe was for the first church. Or God's maybe saying, not yet, or this ain't my will, or I'm doing something behind the scenes, and you will go left, and you'll be like, God's not real. They, uh, I have heard it a lot online that it's Papa God or the, the old man up in the sky. Like, he don't answer prayers. And that's sad because God just hasn't answered it yet. And so when you learn to pray, God's going to do something. Do you see what God's doing is a question in your family. So I want to share a, a quick story about uh, my a good friend, a good couple of friends of mine. We went to Emerge back when, we were in the, when this building wasn't here. We were in the parking lot, and I remember we were the last ones on site, Macon's like we are every other night. We, we, we go and we were closing up the church, and I was inviting Alex Medina to men's prayer. Or, I'm sorry, to Emerge. And he was like, yeah, I'm excited. Well, he ended up not going. Fast forward. He ended up not going. Shocker. So what happens to a lot of guys when they come into the church, they, they, they are excited about something, but when you invite them to something that stretches them, it's, it's really hard. An excuse comes in. The world comes in, and they, and they bring up an excuse. And the week after, at our Connect group, we talked, men and women, husbands and wives, we talked about what happened at conference. And it was wild. We're talking about stories and, and all these things. And Stephanie was sitting over to my right, and she was crying. And Alex wasn't at Connect Group. And she said, all I wanted was Alex to go to Emerge. And he ended up not going. And so we were sharing all these things. But you know what I remember? I remember our family came up, and we started declaring Alex is going to be there. Alex is going to be there. We started praying, and we started praying, and we started praying. And you know what? Alex is in this house. He's a leader. He's a service lead of ours in Kids Church. He, he's a Connect Group leader. He has one of the biggest, healthiest Connect Groups. Him and his wife pray together. Him and his wife, when, they're, when they come up against an obstacle, guess who they call? They call for help. And they say, we need some prayer. Let's schedule dinner. The power of a, of a praying family. So my point number two is be a family that prays. Be a family that prays. Statistics at a, uh, at a church, one of the biggest churches in Texas, said that 90 pl- 90% plus of marriage counseling that they do is with couples that don't pray together. That was conviction for me because we pray, but we don't, we don't go after it. And I'm just saying some marriages in this room could have been saved or can be saved if y'all learn to just be a praying family. You know why? Because you, 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 take your, you take everything off and you're like, God, I want your will and not my will. And I promise you pornography would fall off. I promise you lying would fall off. I promise you drugs would fall off. It's because you align yourself with God. You see, the family that prays together stays together. But also our children. Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way they should go. When they see a mom and a dad praying, when they see a mom and a dad serving, when they see a mom and a dad honoring each other and honoring God, I promise you when they get older. Actually, I won't promise you. The word will promise you. He says, when he or she is old, they will not depart from it. They're going to see that. Are you too shy and timid to pray in front of your kids? I've seen it. No shame. I was there. You see, we teach our kids to declare a thing in kids' church. 
We teach our kids to come against depression and anxiety. And we, we teach our kids back there to prophesy. And we teach our kids to go and, and pursue their God-given potential and anointing. I'm so proud of our kids' church and our volunteers because, like, men's prayer, there's always a God story about, men, about kids' church. I promise you. You guys are making a difference. We want to partner up with parents. We've got to tear down strongholds. My point number three is we've got to be a family that prays or praises. <laughs> we got to be a family that praises. And I'm going to go to my, my notes here, but like really quick, in, in the book of Acts, Paul and Silas were in prison. It's chapter 16. And it says that about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns and worshiping and praising and lifting their hands and yelling with a mighty voice. And, and they were doing this to God and the prisoners were listening to them. It's interesting that it was just them too. The power of what one man can do. The prisoners were listening to them. I don't know if they were saved. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Supposing that the prisoners had escaped, but Paul cried out with a loud voice, do not harm yourselves for we are all here. And the jailer called for the lights and they rushed in. Kyle Bowman was there the whole time. He turned on the lights. And trembling and fear fell upon Paul and Silas. He brought them out and he said, sirs, what must we do to be saved? I'm gonna stop. Notice how your praise, people see it. People will see you praising God. And they're gonna wonder, how can I be saved? And he said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and they were all in his house. They took him in the very same hour of the night. They washed their wounds. I love how Jesus heals. And he baptized them once, he and all his family. There's a family that's connected to somebody in here. There's a family that's connected to you and your family that if they hear the gospel preached, they see that you're a praying man or woman, they see your praise life, their whole family is going to get saved. Their whole family is going to get saved. <laughs> Pastor Jurgen confirmed this for me last Wednesday, a week ago tonight. He said, praise precedes your breakthrough. <laughs> Shall I say any more? You see, um, the Bible talks about you enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. If you want to feel the manifest presence of God, you praise. You don't wait for the manifest presence and then you start praising. It's too late. Too late. You praise God and watch his manifest presence. See, there's a difference in his omnipresence. Yeah, we know God's everywhere. But his manifest presence, that's directly related to your praise. Promise you, the walls of Jericho, they shouted with praise and the breakthrough happened. Man. You see... Pastor Jurgen talked about songwriting in one of his team meetings, and he said that you'll never hear our team write a song. Or no, let, me, let me say it this way. Humanity doesn't seem to start writing songs of praise. They'll love worship, the soaking, this type of music. But the songwriters in this house, they write praise music. That's why we start off with praise and worship. Because there is a breakthrough anointing. There's a manifest presence of God that comes. 
And if you just learned that if you can step into this battle zone as a family, link up with your brother and sister, and just praise the heck out of the Lord. Just praise him. Just praise him. Jesus said, let's bring heaven down to earth, not earth up into heaven. But does your praise look like the world? Does your does the worship songs you listen to still look like the world? Maybe they're not even worship songs. Maybe that prophetic word I gave to somebody earlier about a blanket over your voice is probably somebody in this house that loves to do music, maybe a rapper or a singer, but they don't want to use that gift for the kingdom. And all I'm saying is in this family, you're going to thrive. In this family, you're going to be equipped. Come full circle now as a full circle family. Now you're ready to go after what prays after your children. Now you're ready to go after the generational curses of depression. Now you're ready to go after the generational curses of, of suicide and the spirit of death over your life. When you learn to pray, when you learn to praise, I promise you, now you're equipped for battle. But see, a lot of times we, we, we wanna go into battle. Have you ever heard somebody pray and it's cute? <laughs> it's cute because there's no faith behind it. It's like little Simba when he's in the elephant graveyard and he's like, rawr, rawr. He's trying, he's trying, and it's cute, and he knows what to do, and I'm not bashing anybody. But his season wasn't up yet. When young, young Simba grew up and he was an adult and he was the king, now his roar took some, some weight. Now his roar shoved off the demons and the, and the hyenas. What I'm saying is your season, step in this family. Get saved. Get prayed up. Learn that your praise is your weapon. When you do, you can go after those things that are haunting your family. You can go after those things that you're struggling with right now. So I'm gonna ask everybody to stand up real quick. I got a couple minutes I wanna minister to, but, um, minister into, but I wanna ask if there's anybody, if any, everybody close their eyes. And let's just have a reverence from, for this moment because you see, this is the day of salvation for somebody, for all of us. But a lot of us are already saved, but there's somebody here in this room that never heard the gospel in that way of stepping into a family. You may be scared, you may feel like, eh, but I wanna step into the kingdom. I wanna step into this family. I wanna put my faith in Jesus. I believe that Jesus took upon all my sins, your sins, my sins. And he died on a cross for you. And he wants to welcome you into this family, but it takes an act of faith to just say, yeah, God, this is me. If there's anybody in this room that wants to give their life to Jesus or give it to him again, maybe you Maybe you're in the kingdom, but you still smell like the world and taste like the world and act like the world and you're ready to step into it. I'm just asking that you raise your hand right now. I'm gonna pray for you. Every eye is closed right now. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for these lives. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. More and more, you said in the, in the early church that you kept adding to their numbers day by day. And I declare right now that everybody lifting their hand you see, the Bible says that in the heart you believe, with your mouth you confess. And I'm asking right now, those with your hands raised, just turn to the person that came with you 
and just tell them, I believe Jesus is Lord. Just tell them, nobody's listening. Nobody's looking, just the person next to you. Just say, I believe Jesus is Lord. I'm his child now. You're my brother, you're my sister. That's all it takes. Now let's walk it out. Now I want to minister. If I could have the ministry team come forward real quick before I open up the altars. Um, I want to get into generational curses in your family. So if there's anybody in here that feel like they have a generational curse spoken over their family, this could be a spirit of suicide. This is what I broke free from. If you have a spirit of, of, of death hovering over your life, you just see death happening all around. Everything you touch or everything that's around just seems to die. Job opportunities, just, just any, anything that is around your life. I want you to come up. If you have a generational curse of anger or rage, let's step forward. Let's break those things. Let's step out of those things. Let's get prayed up. Let's get praised up. So now we can go after those things. Generational or familiar uh, spirits of, of, of addiction. If there's anybody here that the, the family just keeps being addicted to something, whether it's a substance or it's pornography. Young youth, if it's lust, if you guys are feeling that lust at this young age, it's a perverted sense of what God put in you. Let's step forward. Father, I thank you right now that whoever decides to step forward, it's a bold faith. It's a bold faith to trust you, Lord Jesus. God, that you are healing family lines right now, that you're restoring family lines. Your, your, your ministry is reconciliation. And I declare that, that I feel like there's, a, there's even generational curses of divorce. I feel like there's a... There's a line of, of alpha women, not alpha males, alpha women that tend to, to run a family. If you would just step forward, come up and see a minister right now. And I'm about to release service right now, but if we can, if we can all in our seats right now, those who aren't up here, I want you guys just to ask the Holy Spirit. Just ask him right now, out loud, ask him, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me in this message? What are you saying? He's going to speak. Just listen. Is God faithful? Is he able? If he's able to do those miracles then, do you believe he can do it now? Is it a generational curse of unbelief? Let's step up to the front. Let's get some prayer. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare that everybody on the sound of my voice would hear a chain-breaking name by the name of Jesus, that they would hear the gospel preached to their situation. Father, we lay hands and we come into agreement right now over every ugliness of the enemy, every scheme of the enemy, and we break those agreements. We break those chains right now. So, Father, we thank you for tonight. We bless you. We worship you tonight. And we declare that you're a redeeming God, that you're going to redeem a marriage, that you're going to redeem right now addiction, that you're going to redeem those who are lost. Father, I thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. 
We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.